Hey, Cinemaxtic fans, this is your host, Max Leadum at Max Vazzi of the Cinemaxtic Podcast. Just checking in to let you all know that we're almost finished with our new podcast studio that we'll be doing some recording, some video stuff, a lot of exciting things coming soon. We also have our buddy Jordan coming back, our producer slash seducer himself, who will be giving us all the great audio quality and editing that you remember. So, I apologize again for the choppy audio. I apologize again for the choppy editing, but that is almost all over as Cinemaxic 2.0 launches next month. All right, Tanner. So how's your day been going today, man? Well, back to another episode. Yeah. Glad to be back. Um, I'm a little tired. A little tired. I um was in Oklahoma City over the weekend for a wedding reception. Oh, uh, just a reception, not a wedding. Yeah, so my friend and his wife, uh, if I know the story correctly, she was in school but across the country, so they kind of had an opportunity where they were both at the same time and place to pretty much just eloped. And that was like Mm. six months ago. So now that they're finally, I guess, in a good position timing wise they had you know the reception for friends and family and everything that seems like such a hipster move (laughs) it was a lot of fun but i've been struggling to uh catch catch up on sleep right yeah you know since i got back i feel like it's been one of those weeks i don't know i've uh yeah i'm just tired all the time a lot of a lot of gray skies out there a lot of rain um summer's over pretty much i'm actually okay with that i'm ready for spooky season so i'm i don't know it's just now like getting hot i i know hot hot next week it's supposed to like drop down to the 70s and stuff and even get as low as 60s so i'm all about spooky time and uh i'm ready for it to be here so i mean dude as soon as september 1st hits like literally as soon as september 1st hits i'm full-on spooky mode no 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 hold back no no holding back i don't think we're even gonna get a proper autumn this year i think it's just gonna go straight to winter you know i don't maybe last year we had a pretty good autumn i felt like uh the last year i felt like we uh we had a solid like two months of of uh fall weather which is better you know fall is i find fall to be the most um let's uh, most bipolar of the uh of the 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 seasons fall is one of the hardest ones to nab you either you either get a good two-month fall and you're just like ah it's beautiful out out there every day we're talking like 50 degrees to 60 super comfy wearing jackets and hoodies or you have summer the entire time and you get like one week of fall and then everything else is uh, boiling lava hot, and it drops straight into win- winter. Um, I pray to God that it is the uh, the former in that discussion, because I absolutely hate winter. I mean, past Christmas, for sure. Past Christmas, I want nothing to do with the cold. I want nothing to do with snow. It's not cute anymore. Past Christmas, get it out of here. It's a barren tundra, but. Since you mentioned uh, wedding reception, and we're on the topic of love, I 
um, made a BLTA today for dinner, and I loved that sandwich that I made. Uh, what's the A? Is that avocado? Yes. Did a little uh, sourdough for for all of those people listening who aren't a follower of my Instagram channel because uh, Instagram channel, Instagram page. That made me sound like I was seventy years old talking about Instagram. Um, mm. I put a full breakdown of how I made my BLTA. Take a couple slices of uh, cheddar sour. I'm going to tell you right now, by the way. So going to do a couple of slices of uh, cheddar sourdough bread, get that nice and toasty, hit it up with some chipotle aioli, getting lots of lettuce slapped down on there. I'm talking just big old hunks of lettuce. Yeah. I used crispy turkey bacon because I wanted this thing to be healthy. So I did three strips of big old crispy turkey bacon, uh, tomato, big old, big old slices of tomato. Now, you got to season that good with salt and pepper. Otherwise, get that tomato out of here. So season it well, salt and pepper, a little avocado, season that avocado, a little bit of mayo on the other piece of bread, boom, on top, slice it down the middle. You get yourself a BLTA. That's the ride home about. Wow. It was delicious. I'm going to be honest. It was amazing. Um, so Cool. You know, I love movies. and uh, Me too. We should start a podcast. We should. Oh, you know what? Let's just do one right now. Say, that's a good idea. On today's episode of Cinemax Stick, we're going to be covering the new Bond 25 title. It is called Tanner. Don't don't die now. There it is. We're also going to talk about those It 2 reactions that are just starting to hit social media. Spider-Man is out of the MCU. Matrix 4 coming out of nowhere with Keanu Reeves starring. I, I'm blown away by that. And we're going to talk about much, much more that is in the news from this past week. So you know what time it is. It's time to dive in. This is Cinemaxic. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have a we have a lot to cover, as you may have noticed from the the vocal absence in this podcast so far. Tim is not here because Tim is never on time. He's always running late, <laughs> and he, um, and you know what? I've come to find out, Tanner. He from from before when I didn't work where he works, I always thought maybe he was just running late because he had to stay late at the office. He had something really important going on. I can assure you now, after working with him for four months, that is not the case. He's just late because he's late. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen it firsthand. And uh, without fail, the man leaves the office 30 minutes late for, for absolutely no reason. <laughs> and, and it throws off his whole schedule. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But he's, he's running on Tim time. He is normal running on time. Tim time. And uh, he's... Uh, He's uh, not going to be here tonight, and uh, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. We got you, uh, you and myself holding it down. You and I holding this thing down for the time being. Tanner, I also got to tell you, man, our little uh, podcast studio—it's uh, coming along. There's going to be a it's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be a real fun little area to do some podcasts. Uh, going to have some movie posters hung up. 
getting the ceiling done in the area where we'll be doing the podcast. Um, it's going to be a great place, and it's going to be great if we decide to start doing some video. I thought the idea, so f- right now, that would be fun, is if we did one or two live streams of our podcast a month as a treat. Maybe the last, the last week of a month, we live stream a podcast and have something, you know, maybe, you know, our dedicated listeners, a little something to look forward to. It's like, oh, Wednesday night, Cinemax, the crew's on. Flip it over yeah. to Instagram, flip it over to Facebook and uh, check out. We'll be talking about it. And uh, we're going to have some cool cameras and uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. And, you know, it's not too much longer until Jordan, our producer slash seducer, is back in the house and you're getting yep. that great, smooth audio quality that you're used to. Um, we've carried Still on without him. A couple weeks away. A couple weeks. And we've carried on without him, but he has been sorely missed. Sorely, sorely missed. Um, and so is Charlie, by the way. You know, we should get Charlie on more of these. But yeah. He, but but he also doesn't really – he wants to be on them, but sometimes he doesn't want to be on them. More, sure. more often than not, he does not want to be on them. <laughs> so I I understand. But we got to pull him in. But, yeah, Jordan's absence is uh, – it's been noted. It's been uh, – he's been sorely missed, and uh, we'll be happy to have him back in the house for – For sure. Podcast. Um, well, let's kick things off, Tanner. Let's kick things off, my friend. Uh, what did you watch this week? You know, not much. Um one of the nights I was in Oklahoma, we started to watch A Clockwork Orange, which I've seen before. Uh, I have not. It's weird, you know. Yep. Uh, it's a lot goofier. Like, everyone talks about how disturbing and whatever it is, which it is. But it's also just way more silly than anyone is willing to admit. Okay. Um, but uh, it's very... It's hard to get through, man. Like, it's just long, and these characters are talking in, like, outdated British slang, which I don't even know if it was true British slang or if it was just, like, gobbledygook they made up for the script of the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can put subtitles on, and it's still not going to help you make any sense of what the fuck these people are saying. (laughs) Um I like I said, I'd seen it before many years ago, but <laughs> when we watched it in like I think we made it maybe twenty minutes in before people started falling asleep. It, 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 I feel like it's one of those movies that everyone has to like they they have to no matter what they think of it, they have to bury it deep down inside and be like and, and then they can never refer to it as a movie. They have to just they always have to say film when referring to it. And they always have yeah. to say it's a it's a great film, it's a classic film. Otherwise they risk losing their movie card because some movie snob is gonna be like, oh, how do you not appreciate the subtle undertones of of British economy in the in the in the, the hyper violence <laughs> of the movie? And you're just like, uh you're right. Uh, it's a classic. How could I? How could I f- forget? Um, here's a random little note, by the way. Uh, I'm I was I'm on my phone, and an Instagram ad just came by, and uh, this company called uh, Tilt T I T L Smart Home <laughs> is the company. And apparently, smells <laughs> sells smart home products. I thought I I thought the name of the company I first read was tits smart home and uh i didn't know what smart home tits would be or what that would have implied but it made me laugh and i wanted to say something about it oh that is fun isn't it um 
but yeah, I haven't seen Clockwork Orange. It's going to be kind of hard for me to try and do it, but maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll grab a few drinks, get really drunk, give it the old college try. Yeah, it's on Netflix now, but uh, it's leaving in September. I actually just saw some list of stuff leaving oh, yeah, Netflix I next too. month. So get it in while you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tanner, I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to what we watched this past week. I didn't see anything new. I, I was on a good streak there. I saw like seven move, new movies two weeks ago because uh, I started diving into Quentin Tarantino's catalog and really starting to see more of his movies. And I'm going to try and finish up that catalog at some point next week. And then I want to go into Martin Scorsese and do that one next. I'm trying to go through all the classic directors. I think it might be fun to also do maybe a little podcast review series where I like where we just start going through classic directors' films and kind of reviewing them. Separately. This is I have brought this up. Yeah, this is the Nolan episode we keep jokingly <laughs> referring to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen. It's, it's going to happen because the, the Cinemaxic 2.0 is going to bring that into the fold. So we're going to have another. Dude, I miss having an event podcast. We're going to have an event podcast. It's just kind of hard since we haven't been able to actually sit down and, and really jive together again. So we'll, we'll get it down. We'll get it going and uh, we'll plan. Hey, I tell you what, we'll plan for that Christopher Nolan podcast. How about. Yeah. How about like uh, we do that beginning of October? sure first week october we do the christopher nolan podcast and and we're going to formulate and we're going to do that but anyways i didn't see anything new this week but but i do i do think it's fair to supplant um movies for high quality tv shows in in terms of you know quality of content i started watching mind hunter this week oh Um, yeah that show's great Oh my God, it's amazing. Now, I've been watching season two. Season two so far is a little lackluster compared to season one, but it's- Haven't started it yet. Okay, okay. Not season two. I've seen season one. Okay, well, to to me, that's just what I think. Not not everyone feels that way, I don't think, but uh, I, I, I very, very much liked season one. I thought it was freaking phenomenal, so creepy, um, so well acted, so well written it's a david fincher series directed by david fincher so i mean the guy has you know tons of classics under his belt and now he's doing tv with this um this is a show that was a hit like two years ago i think it came out and i just haven't ever gotten around to watching it i think i tried to watch episode one and i was having trouble getting into it so i guess i just kind of gave up but this week i really sat down and just tried to watch it and I really, really enjoyed it, and it's it's great. It's um, it's essentially yeah. about, uh, for those who don't know, it's about uh, how the term serial killer came to be, and it's about the FBI director, uh, uh, FBI agents who came up with the theory of serial killing, um, or or the mindset that goes into that, and classifying people into different categories and and whatnot. Um, it's disturbing, creepy, enlightening. Um, fascinating and uh the the dialogue of the show though is it is like it is so sharp it is so so sharp because this is there's not any action in this in the show at all zero none the action comes in the dialogue and the discussions they have and the intensity of it and the back and forth and the drama of it all and it makes it worth watching so if you guys haven't seen mindhunter 
definitely go check it out, especially if you've, you know, your big, you know, those murder mystery podcasts, serial, stuff like that. I feel like this would be right up your alley just because of the mystery of it all and the uncovering of things and the kind of case by case basis that they do in the show. Um, it's, it's just very good. And season two has been, it's been very good as well. Um, maybe it's taken a direction I didn't think they would go. Um, but very much still in the same vein as season one and carrying on with the story. Uh, and I'm going to watch a few more episodes of that tonight, hopefully be done with the show uh, by I'd say maybe finish it up tomorrow night, but yeah, very good. Very good. So definitely check that out um, and uh, give it, give it a look. Uh, the cast is incredible, by the way, they, they, they give tremendous performances. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. That's what I watched. But um, since there's nothing else that we watch, let's go ahead and move on to uh, in the news, which is pretty much going to be the rest of the podcast. Cause there, there isn't really a big thing to necessarily, ah, you know what? You know what? Hold on. We, we're going to talk in the news. And what we're going to do is we're going to make the Spider-Man topic, we're going to make that our big event. And we're going to have a discussion about that at the end of the podcast. Well, like that. Oh, wait. How late, do you, how late can you be here? Not too much later. Let's talk about Spider-Man now, if you don't mind. Because I... Ugh. I don't know if I really have anything to say other than just extreme disappointment. You know, I, I'm in kind of, I'm in two ballparks here. Okay. And here are my thoughts on this thing. Um, one, have I enjoyed and even loved the Marvel Spider-Man movies? Yes, I have. I love homecoming. It might be, might be my favorite MCU movie. I love homecoming far from home. I loved that as well. I thought it was really, really good. But I am having trouble with this because Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes. And those who have listened to the podcast know I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, not the biggest fan of the heroes, and I, I don't necessarily love all the movies they put out. I think there's several that I very much enjoy, but there's several that um, that I don't. There's quite a lot that I don't. Um, I wasn't that big of a fan of Endgame, for instance, and I think the entire planet would want to kill me for saying that. I didn't find it that great. Um, so saying that, here's, here's where my issue was. I felt that the Spider-Man movies, the way they were doing them, was too much in service to other characters. I think in both Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, uh, Far From Home and Homecoming, there's too much of a presence of Iron Man being like there's just too much Iron Man presence in there, whether he's on on screen or he's doing things behind the scenes or he's being talked about. And I felt like the entire movie wasn't necessarily done to service Spider-Man or to make Spider-Man stand out or just done for the character of Spider-Man. I did feel like both films, I, I kind of felt like Iron Man Jr. Kind of felt like he was Robin to Iron Man's Batman. Um, and it, it, it did start to annoy me because I, I Spider-Man is a good enough character to carry his own film. And I understand maybe in the Avengers movies, you do these little, these very special connections with Tony Stark and Peter Parker. And I understand it's a comic book universe and Iron Man probably shows up in Spider-Man comics a lot here and there. I'm just saying, I want Spider-Man movies to be about Spider-Man again. I just want them to be about Spider-Man. I don't want to hear, I, I don't want to have different heroes in there. 
I just want Spider-Man and his and his villains and New York City and doing his thing. And I don't need to hear about Iron Man every like, you know, 15 minutes. It started it really did start to bother me because I'm like, this is freaking Spider-Man. This is Peter Parker. This story is has captured like you know people's imaginations and hearts across the world for way longer than iron man ever has so you know that's one of my gripes and do you have a comment on that um i mean yeah i kind i see where you're coming from i I don't think iron man again i haven't seen far from home yet and i honestly don't even want to anymore i will but I'm just a little bummed out about this whole thing, but um, I don't think Iron Man, I I feel like he was used appropriately in Homecoming. Like he was not, he didn't intervene in like, I mean, there was just the one sequence with the the fairy. Um, But otherwise, I mean, he's, because it's a coming of age story for Peter Parker. So you have to have, you have to have a mentor figure in there somewhere. Wait, you never saw Far From Home though? I still haven't seen it. But you kind of know what happens at this point? Yeah, yeah, I more or less know. And so, I mean, the way it seems to me is that um, Far From Home, even though, like, from the trailers, it was about Peter Parker kind of learning to move on. And then hopefully the next film would be him, you know, becoming himself. Uh, But unfortunately, since Sony is pants on head stupid uh oh and, and, we're probably the next tom holland spider-man <laughs> movie is going to be spider-man versus fucking venom <laughs> and it's gonna be trash hey well, hold on hold on because i have some comments on that too but but i here's the thing too tanner and honestly you know the movie's been out too much so i if any of this is spoilers i'm sorry i really I don't care yeah but, um in the movie it takes place right after the snap um the movie starts off with the Stark Fund doing a donation to uh, Aunt May's charity. So there's that. Happy Hogan, I love Happy's character. Clearly, that is the a huge connection to Iron Man. Happy's in there. Um, there's a scene where he, uh, where Spider Man swings by and has this moment pondering a mural of Iron Man, and he sits there and kind of ponders it and has this emotional moment. Um, Mysterio is a product of Tony Stark. Uh, Mysterio is a product of the Stark technology and Stark labs and a product of Tony Stark being dead. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio taking, trying to take this mantle of Tony Stark. Um, Spider-Man gets his new suit from happy flying Tony Stark's private, you know, Avengers plane to a field and then showing him how to make uh, a, a suit with Stark technology again. Um, he gives him the Stark glasses. Tony gives him his Stark glasses as a hand-me-down type thing. Um, it's it's he's he is rampant in this movie. It, for me, it's about Peter dealing with the death of Tony Stark. The entire yeah. entire movie, and- which again, maybe you don't like. I think it sounds like your your issue was just inherently tying the MCU Spider-Man to Iron Man as strongly as they did. But honestly, I mean, it makes sense for Far From Home to have that 
yeah trajectory post endgame i think that's i think that might be just my problem with the mcu in general is one of the things is like i i do get a little exhausted by everything having to be connected and run into another film because the films then don't really stand on their own they start to stand to serve more than their own movie it, they start to stand to serve the overall story i yeah. feel like how these movies well but but i feel that's like that's what the, makes the mcu cool though and right. other and I, cinematic I, I, universes try to do it but, but they but, fail but i feel like what happened before was that they focused on making a really solid stand on your own movie that had maybe a tidbit there that would be it, that would tie in the overarching story. Now it feels like the overarching story is what's carrying the movies, and the movies are just little like little bolts of lightning going up to the story. Like, okay, here's this to fill in this part, and here's this to fill in this part. It's starting to fill in rather than be its own thing and the story weaving into it, if that makes any sense. But that's kind of where like, I'm, I'm getting a little disgruntled with that. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing more Spider-Man doing anyways but but so so yeah so so my second gripe with it is i'm i'm a little annoyed by disney always being able to strong arm their way into whatever deals they want whatever gives them the biggest piece of the pie and i'm actually happy that sony stood their ground here let's not forget that the mcu wouldn't have even existed it wouldn't be around today let alone we don't even know if marvel in its current form would be around today at all had Marvel not sold its first-party licenses to Sony to make movies and to Fox to make movies out of their big characters. If Sony had not bought Spider-Man, if people had not bought Spider-Man, there is no MCU, period, because the Marvel would not be able to continue the way it was. It would have had to totally change, alter course. So there's this, there, there's this bit that annoys me. Disney always gets to strong-arm their way into the best deal and if they don't get their way, they throw their hands up and they walk away from the table. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Sony for saying we no. We don't know if that's the true story is the thing. Is that as this has been developing, we, it keeps going back and forth on which company is to blame here. Uh, knowing how Sony Pictures is a bunch of giant idiots, I would not be surprised if they're just getting greedy and think, oh, you know what? We don't need Feige or the MCU yeah. anymore. So, so, Look how successful Venom was. Look how successful Into the Spider-Verse was. This is what I said when we were discussing Into the Spider-Verse, is that Sony is going to learn all the wrong lessons from their success and do something really stupid. Right. But I also they but, are doing something really stupid. But but so Sony released a statement uh, today saying that that Kevin didn't want to produce the movie anymore and he wanted to walk away. And the story right now is saying it's pretty much saying this: there was a deal in place that they agreed to when they originally rented out Spider-Man. There was an, a deal that was set in place, and Disney came back and offered. Um, an absurd to have basically an absurd amount of money go to them when it's not even their property anymore and they wanted all right well we not only are we basing this whole next generation of stuff around like centered around spider-man um we're just going to go ahead and assume that you're going to take this deal and we're going to want like 50 50 on the profits or something like that and and we want marketing rights and everything like this or and we want merchandising rights and all that and sony's like no you can, we, how about we just go with a deal that's already in place and you can keep using Spider-Man as much as you want. And uh, I guess 
Marvel said, no, I'm not going to do that. Maybe. And, Maybe. And, well, well, that's what the story is saying right now. It doesn't, the, the story, nothing I've read has said anything about Sony being greedy. And what's another annoying thing, too, is that Sony didn't ever have to lend them Spider-Man. They never had to do that. They could have kept making Spider-Man movies and making plenty of money. Amazing Spider-Man, both of those, made over $700 million. So they wouldn't have had no problem continuing to make Spider-Man movies and making money. They They still canceled it. They did, but they rented Spider-Man out to the MCU because, you know, obviously Kevin made a pitch like this is why it's really important. You were defending Goombas right now. Well, like, no, it, <laughs> I, I don't care if Disney is a financial bully. This hurts us, the consumer, well, in well, terms I, of Spider-Man I, fandom. Also, like, the thing is, too, they also annoys me, though. Another point is that Sony's like, Yes, you can use Spider-Man in these movies. Hey, we're developing a couple cool properties we're excited about, like Venom. Do you mind if we like tie Tom into this universe? And like, absolutely not. Sorry, we'll like we'll we'll take your character and play in our sandbox, but you can't use him in your sandbox. Period. The end. And it's like, but it's our character. Well, too bad you can't use it. It's it was stuff like that that annoyed me. And you're right. Yeah. Like I should, like I should give a shit about what billionaires are doing with their time and money and decisions. But that's, that's another thought. Um, so one, okay. One, I want Spider-Man to be telling his own stories again and just be about Spider-Man in New York city battling. But it. now it's not going to make sense, but you're going to have Tom Holland suddenly in a world, Tom Holland's Spider-Man where his last film was all about grieving and getting over Iron Man, and now he can't even fucking mention the character in the movie. Gotta be honest. Like, how is that going to make any goddamn sense? Dude, I'm going to be honest. Even if it was in the MCU, Spider-Man 3, which it is going to be in the MCU, by the way. That is going to be in the They have one more movie. They have one more movie. (sighs) But uh, because if Spider-Man made over a billion dollars, they got to make one more movie to complete the trilogy, I believe is what the deal was. But here's the thing. Even if it was going to be the MCU... I was kind of hoping he wouldn't mention Tony Stark either because I'm tired of it. That doesn't make story sense. It doesn't. Though. It doesn't. You can't doesn't. have it be connected and then all of a sudden completely divorced. If, 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 if this is what I want, this is what I want. I want the beginning of Spider-Man three. Peter goes to leave his apartment or leave his house. And he takes one longing look at a Tony Stark picture that he has on his bedside or something like that. And that's it. I don't want to see it ever again. <laughs> Gone. Bye. No more. We don't need this anymore. You know, there it is. There's your connection. Boom. It's a Spider-Man story now. And nothing mentioned about Tony Stark. It's always been a Spider-Man story, though. I don't know, man. Because, like, you know, Spider-Man was gifted his... He's the one that goes on the arcs. Tony Stark doesn't go on the arcs in Homecoming. Like uh, Thor Ragnarok is a Thor story, even though Hulk is a huge presence in it. Would you say Hulk's presence in Ragnarok hurted hurt that film? But you know, you know, Hulk is a totally different character than Iron Man when it comes to the relevance of the MCU. Hulk is Hulk is like Black Widow level, if not lower. He's like, dude, Black Widow was my favorite. What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry, he's like, he's like, uh, Hulk is like uh, Hawkeye level. Uh, Iron Man is the character of the MCU. So like, sure. So like, I, you like you couldn't simply swap Hulk with Iron Man and Thor, and and have it just be the same type of story. I don't know, dude. Uh, it's just it's part of the MCU is the interconnectedness. I know. I agree, but 
but those are just those are just kind of my thoughts on on Spider-Man. I'm I am I excited to see a Sony Spider-Man movie? I'm not going to no. I I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man if they can get John Watts the director on board. That's another thing. I kind of want them to stick it to to Marvel and to other people in one one aspect. You know, uh, other people can make comic book movies and it doesn't have to be done by the MCU in order to be done right. And I would, I would love for them to have a very successful Spider-Man movie. Of course, I'm not going to root against them. Um, and, you know, if they can make Venom work with it, then fine. Make Venom work with it. Venom's a crucial character to Spider-Man. Make it happen. Um, and again, I, I thought Venom was okay. I didn't think it was terrible. I, I had a good time watching that movie. I, it, it was kind of like a Transformers 1 or 2 where I just watched it and enjoyed it. And it wasn't like a critical masterpiece. And it wasn't, you know, the... definition of filmmaking but it was good nonetheless so uh or a good popcorn flick nonetheless to just watch in the theater and that's how i felt about venom all i know is that you remember back when the the sony email leaks was going on yeah the Aunt may stuff and all those horrible ideas sony had about spider-man franchises but also they to be- probably still have. Um, but I think I read it allegedly at the time it was rumored uh, that Sony, the parent company was considering dissolving Sony pictures And boy, do I wish that would happen. <laughs> Just <laughs> kill it, sell off the properties, give Spider-Man rights back to Marvel. Yeah. And- but here's the, I, here's the here, dude here. into the spider-verse was a fucking fluke like they're not going to do anything quality in the future here is here is the last thing i want to mention on this there is absolutely zero percent chance spider-man does not end up in the mcu i'm i'm, I'm i guarantee it with 100 percent. so let's like honestly I'm, I'm not grieving it i'm not thinking anything of it it's not over there's zero percent chance that Marvel doesn't end up uh, bending to meet Sony's whims and it Spider-Man comes back to the MCU. Zero percent chance. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't want to see Disney buy anyone else, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. If, if Kevin Feige has got a taste for blood at this point, then... There's, we'll have to see what shenanigans are yeah. going to go down in the next this, couple all days. This, all this is is a is a much too publicized negotiation, and any negotiation has people walking away from the table. Unfortunately, this one got published, and I bet you it was Sony who put out the story. They said, "Hey, we just had this meeting with Marvel. They walked away from the table. Can you please put it out there and let you know everyone know that?" <laughs> that it's coming back to Sony and let him know what a colossal mistake he's making because his fans are going to be pissed. And also mentioning your, you know, your thoughts on that, the overall MCU overarching story makes zero sense for Spider-Man not to appear anymore. None for him to be gone forever. Like literally nothing, no sense. And uh, two, Marvel literally has no one left (laughs) in terms of like A-list hero, I guess Thor, but like in terms of A-list, like big time superhero, Spider-Man is the only one they really have left and they aren't going to go 
walking away from that and just trusting that these B to C list characters are going to carry their universe for the next four to eight films. Cause it sounds like, it sounds like the X-Men are still a ways away and it sounds like the fantastic four are still a ways away and uh, they're going to want to keep people excited and they're going to need big time players in it. And Spider-Man is as big as it gets. So I, I very highly doubt that he is. You know, I'm almost done with the character in movies. Like, is it's it's too much he's starting to batman there's just been too many spider-mans too much variance in quality i'm just give it give it a break yeah yeah as long as uh as long as people still need to make money spider-man give, give me a sequel to the ps4 spider-man and i'll be fine yeah, that's actually going to be awesome when, when that happens because it, it's probably the next game on their on their docket to make. So, all right. Um, okay, well, that's our kind of a, our, a little Spider-Man chat for the day. I figured that was going to take up most of it. Tanner, do you need to go or you want to? Uh, I got a couple more minutes. All right. Well, want to talk about James Bond? Um. Yeah, as someone who's never seen <laughs> more than one James Bond movie in my life, uh, well, let's talk about James Bond, sure. Uh, what's that movie called again? James Bond 25, uh, a, a Good Day to Die Hard? If, if you're going to die, don't do it right now. If you're dead, you're gone. No time to die. There it is. No time to die. So here's the thing. Uh, oh, shit. The last Bond movie was trash. Um, they probably should have stopped, but they're going to keep going, and it's just going to further cement how trash Spectre was. Um, Those are my only thoughts on it, I guess. You know, I don't, I don't have any thoughts on it because I haven't seen. I haven't even seen Skyfall, which apparently is incredible. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I really have zero thoughts on James Bond. I mean, yeah. Rami Malek as uh, the villain—that's going to be fun to watch. Um, so I'll probably get caught up on it. I'll probably watch all of Daniel Craig's Spawn movies soon and get caught up on this, the Craig verse and, uh, you know, be ready for it when Bond 25 drops. Um, Matrix, um, what? Oh, shit. Okay, I did want to talk about this, but unfortunately, Cinemastic, I have to sign off for now. I'm Are sorry, Max. immediate poop again or what? No, I just had prior engagements. I apologize for doing this again. It's not poop. If this anyone time. wants to know, we are accepting new co-host positions on the international <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, uh, hit me up at Danger Rush on Instagram. Bye. That's that's Tanner Rush right there. Yep, at Danger Rush on Instagram on Letterbox, and he will be back next week. And uh, on Force Vision that we're going to record tomorrow and put out this week. So Tanner, thanks again for coming on. I'm sorry, bud. I'll see you later. All right, see you. So that was Tanner Rush on the old the old uh, podcast for today again. Um, he, I'm glad he was able to make it on. He did have some prior engagements, so sorry. We're going to carry on the last bit of this podcast. Just solo casting. Just you, me, the microphone, and your sweet, sweet earlobes. I'm sorry. So The Matrix 4 got announced out of nowhere last week, or this week, or literally yesterday. The Matrix universe was set to get a reboot, or to get like a uh, spiritual sequel of some sort, um, but not be a direct sequel to the Matrix original Matrix trilogy. I believe the rumor was 
the Wachowskis, who directed the original three and who came up with the idea. Originally, we're going to have Michael B. Jordan come in and be a new character, and it was going to be a soft reboot. It's not going, it wasn't going to erase the events of Matrix 1 through 3, but it was going to carry on in that universe. Well, apparently that is out the window, because as of yesterday, Matrix 4 has been announced with the entire returning cast, including Lawrence Fishburne, including Keanu Reeves, the most important part. Um, pretty excited about this. I've only seen Matrix 1, though, to be honest. I know kind of what happens to the characters, but I need to watch Matrix 2 and 3. I very much liked Matrix 1. I thought it was a badass movie. Uh, you know, obviously an instant pop culture phenomenon. Everyone references The Matrix, so why not? More Keanu Reeves is never a bad thing, and I'm so glad to see Keanu just keep getting this constant work. He is really... I mean, he never went away per se, but he has really splashed back on the scene as a major A-list movie star these past five, six years, and uh, couldn't be happier for the guy. He's such, you know, there's not a nicer guy in the business. So, um, really excited about Matrix Four. There's really no details on the story at all as of right now. We just know everyone's coming back, and it's going to be a direct sequel to Matrix Three. Uh, very excited to see what a Matrix movie is going to look like with today's CGI and all the technology that goes into making a movie like this. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see Neo back. Somehow he's still alive, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not, guys? Uh, I'm excited. And I need to watch two and three. I'll kind of give you my thoughts on the whole Matrix trilogy at some point uh, for sure. And uh, as the story develops with Matrix 4, we'll be, we'll be right here to be your source to give you the breakdown on all the news that's going to be coming out about that. Um, moving on to our next topic here. Um, Ready or Not is coming out this week. Ready or Not, and what that movie is, it's a suspense slash horror slash comedy slash thriller, but really in the vein of, of A Cabin in the Woods. If you guys have seen the latest Cabin in the Woods with Chris Hemsworth, it is one of those horror comedies that it's it's kind of maybe has a jump scare here and there, but it's really going to rely heavily on the jokes and the comedy of it all. And essentially it's about a family who plays hide and seek, a very adult version of hide and seek. And apparently they, uh, you kill each other as you play it. It looks like a crazy fun movie. Um, not doesn't look scary really at all, but it looks like a perfect spooky time movie and it's getting incredible reviews i believe it's sitting at 89 percent fresh on ron tomatoes so if you need a box off if you need a weekend movie recommendation for me it's go see ready or not i'm gonna see it myself i might wait a couple weeks to see it right at the peak of spooky time which is september 1st or i might see it this weekend you never know i have a lot of movies to see but that one had caught my interest since i saw the trailer for it about a month and a half ago and i've been excited for it ever since it looks like we might have some breakout performances, some breakout stars on this thing. So go check it out. Give us your thoughts. You know how you can reach us. And I'll tell you how you can reach us again at the end of this podcast. But Ready or Not looks like a little fun movie, a little fun indie horror movie. And finally, to cap off the podcast and to cap off our new segment here, it to social media reactions are dropping. For those of you new, we love the original It here at Cinemastic. Uh, for me, it was my second favorite movie of 20, what was that, 2018, 2018, 2017. It was my second favorite movie of that year. Um, I'm not the biggest horror movie fan. Uh, 
I do go see them nowadays. I used to be totally, uh, I used to totally reject them. I would never watch them. Nowadays, it's different. I absolutely do go see them, and I absolutely loved it. The levity that the kids brought, the child acting was incredible. Uh, I mean, the child actors, rather, were incredible in this. They casted them perfectly. I thought Pennywise was incredibly creepy. I thought the monsters were super creepy. I thought there were so many, there was a lot of dread and thrills and horror, but it was easily combated with levity and humor by the cast, and I can't say enough about that movie. It's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it. I'll definitely be watching it again this spooky time. So it too, social media reactions are starting to drop and definitely I wanted to take a look at those. It seems like this might be a bit of a mixed bag and I'm a little surprised by it, but also kind of not. It's, it's kind of a mix of emotions. For those of you who don't know, it too was announced to be a two hour and 45 minute long movie that uh, the director Muschietti had to cut down quite a lot. He's actually going to release a director's cut that's like, four hours long, he said, because there were so many great scenes but that he had to cut, but he ended up having to cut them down to two hours and 45 minutes. A two hour and 45 minute horror film is unheard of. I, I can't think of any that are that long. It's unheard of. So this is going to be a trek. But if you saw it, one, you know, it, two, it's going for this big blockbuster horror movie with a very large story, a big cast, and a lot of things to say. And very much like a Star Wars movie would or a Marvel movie would, it's kind of in that same vein, but in the horror genre. I don't think I've ever seen something like this from the horror genre, period, with this type of budget and this type of marketing and um, this type of runtime. Uh, it's it's kind of it is cool it's kind of like i would love to see like a stephen king universe be built off of this instead of all of them being random movies but um that, yeah so it's a two hour and 45 minute movie and some people think that's a little bit of a problem apparently from these reactions some people think the story can drag a little bit um they might start to feel the runtime about halfway through the thing um in that there's a lot to fill in that two hours and 45 minutes and it causes some, um, uh, you know, a lot of, um, I'm trying to think of the word that, uh, it, it, it's just explaining too much. Oh, uh, and I can't think of the exact word I want to use for this. Um, but it's, it starts to be too much filler and, uh, that was the main problem. It does drag and it, it, it can be a little too much filler at some points, but for the most part, from what I've read, Though it's kind of a mixed bag on feelings, people did like the movie. They did enjoy it. A lot of people loved it. They said the cast was incredible. And they say, Bill Hader steals the show. That is literally the, a quote from 18 different tweets from verified movie reviewers. Bill Hader steals the show. If any of you have watched Barry, season one or two, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone here. And when I... When I say anyone here, I mean myself because I'm by myself right now recording this podcast. But Bill Hader in that show gives an incredible performance. He displays anger. He displays rage. He displays comedy. He displays drama. Bill Hader is a seriously talented, phenomenal actor. So I was super excited to see him in Hit. 
And I'm super excited to hear that my excitement was warranted because he is getting all the love for this on Twitter. All of the love. So watch out for Bill Hader. Apparently the cast is great. Apparently Jessica Chastain too really stands out. I was surprised not to see as much talk about James McAvoy. I didn't see any tweets really mentioning McAvoy. And I thought he would definitely have a really heavy performance because he's going to be, I think, the main, he's going to be the main character. He's playing Bill. And um, not too much love for him yet. But of course, these are limited social media reactions. There aren't a ton of them out right now. It's just limited. But in the ones that I saw, Bill Hader was the one getting all the love. So I'm so excited to see his performance in this thing. And I'm excited to go see this two hour and 45 minute movie. Um, another tip for those of you who don't, haven't been seeing these, People are saying watch it as soon as quickly as as soon as possible before seeing the next it too. Some like people say if you can watch this movie before you even get to the theater uh, the same day because it really it really weaves together and it really takes place like pretty much. uh, I well, it's in the future, but in a way, like takes place directly after it won and it goes hand in hand with it people definitely feel like it's one overarching story which some people complained about but i think that's actually an achievement if you can say these are two stand on their own movies but definitely um are are seamlessly blended together so yeah that's it too i'm excited for it there'll be more news dropping i'm sure i love the trailer so far and I think it's going to be a great movie, this the spooky time. And uh, you know, you know, we'll have a review for you when that drops. But I think that's going to do it for today's podcast, guys. I'm going to I'm going to go and wrap it up a little earlier than what we may have done before, because obviously Tim and Tanner aren't here, and you just got me for the time being. But I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, I thought we covered a lot of great stuff, including that Spider-Man story. So if you love this podcast, please, please, please be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, anyone who loves movies. We'd love to have their ears on our podcast. This is made right here in Kansas City. It's made with love. It's made with care. And we love to do this every week for you guys who love to listen. So thank you again so much. Be sure to share. You can reach out to us at cinemaxticpod at gmail.com, cinemaxticpod on Instagram, and cinemaxtic on Twitter. You can also download the Anchor app exclusively for this feature called Voice Message, where you can literally call in, leave a comment, we'll patch you into the podcast. You can have your, you know, your thoughts, your questions, anything you want us to cover We'll patch you in and we'll discuss it right then and there. It's a really fun feature and we'd love to have you guys uh, use it. If you listen to us, send us anything. We'd love it. And again, for my buddy Tanner, who is on today's podcast, you can reach him at Danger Rush on Instagram and on Letterboxd. And for myself, Max Liedem, your host at Max Fozzie on all social media platforms, including Letterboxd. This is today's episode of Cinemaxtic. Thank you guys so much for listening and be on the lookout for this Friday, a brand new Force Vision episode coming straight to your ear holes. We'd love to have you listen. Thanks again and have a great night. Watch on.